0: So the fact that you're here life is just such an incredible gift and it's such an honor, such a privilege to do it with you. Um, This this message, I'm gonna do something a little bit different today. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, make a hamburger (laughs) on the platform during service. This could be the best or worst idea I've ever had. Probably a little (laughs) bit of both, somewhere in the middle. This message is called uh, Bon Appetit, which I believe in French means I hope you enjoy the meal. Um, and no, unless well, if God wants to, I suppose He could multiply the hamburgers. So if we have someone full of faith, we can come, we can come, and we can pray over them. And uh, otherwise, I'll be the only one eating the burger today. So, <laughs> at least part of it. <laughs> I guess today, what I'm really trying to, what I'm trying to instill in you, and and get us to think about. Um, this is for just as much for you as it is for me. Is just this idea of, of hunger, and um, I just, I'm just show of show anyone like just physically hungry right now. Anyone phys- like I could eat something right now. Uh, I came in, <laughs> I came in this morning, uh, and just kind of you know when you're when you're when I'm doing this. Sometimes my mind is just I got to get some things, different things, in order. <laughs> Especially when you're bringing in a a grill and attempting to do something that's maybe never been done. But uh, so my mind is just kind of wandering, but I didn't have a chance to eat breakfast, and so I, I am actually incredibly hungry, so I'm sorry that I'll be eating in front of you, but that's, uh, that's the nature of it. <laughs> do, do you remember uh, when you, uh, you know, when we, first, when we first come to know Jesus, it's, it's very natural for us to, to, to hunger for Jesus it's very, it's, when you, I'm talking about when you really come to know, I'm not just saying like when you've come to a church and, and you're taking in information, I'm saying when you really come to know the person of Jesus Christ, it's natural to hunger for him, and um, you know, uh, w- when, we're, when we're hungry for him, I guess the, the why of this sermon, I, w- I just want to, um, let me back up, um, hunger, the hunger that I'm talking about today primarily, we're talking about, we're gonna be talking about spiritual hunger. Now, the, the smells I'm hoping cause you, you know, to remember a burger. Maybe you don't remember anything I say, just you'll remember the burger. So every time you think of a burger, you'll think of this message. But um, do you remember when you first came to know Jesus? I mean like re- really came to know Jesus. I understand maybe not every single person in the room knows Jesus and that's okay. Jesus wants to know you, he loves you. He loves you, that's why you're created, to have eternal relationship with him. But if you've never, if you've never, or if you have given your life to Jesus, do you remember that the first, the first steps there in your relationship and it was just so fulfilling? It just felt so, it felt so right? It's something your, your soul had been searching for your entire life and it all just, it all, the light comes on, some people say. You know, it just all made sense. Um, I remember when I was, uh, when I first gave my life to Jesus, everything changed. Everything of my life changed. I was living a life uh, full of addictions, full of lying, dishonor. Uh, I would be your friend to your face. I would backstab you when you weren 't looking as long as it benefited me and it 's not that I set out to do those things it 's that those things came natural to me as someone who doesn 't know Jesus. Uh, lawlessness or sin is, is just it 's our nature outside of Jesus, and so those things were natural I, again i wasn 't wasn't a mean person per se but I, um, everything is tainted by sin outside of Jesus. And so, uh, if you, the, the main point that I'm trying to just drive home is that if you can remain hungry after God today, if, you can, if, if that can be your, your purpose in life, everything God, everything about Him, that will be enough for you. If everything is taken away, uh, I think Brian Johnson says, if everything was taken away from you and all you had left was Jesus, consider it a gift, because it's the truth. We just got done singing about how Jesus, you're enough. Your grace is enough, you are enough. And it's the truth, Jesus is enough when we're hungering and thirsting after him. When we're not hungering and thirsting after him, he's not enough. You think of the older brother that Pastor Tom just shared. He, uh, he said, Father, I've served you all these years. And the truth is he wasn't. He was making God his servant. He, he wanted something for him. He wanted God to throw him, a, uh, his father to throw him a celebration and, and, and have a party. God, the reason why I'm doing this is so that you can do something for me. When we make God our servant, he'll never measure up. But when we, But when we become his son or daughter, everything that he has is ours. And there's a big difference in that. And so today... Today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, hungering for God and what that looks like. If if you don't find yourself satisfied with God, if you if you came into this place and you're not, you know, you're you're, you would claim to be a Christian. You have have said a prayer and you're you're faithful as far as church attendance and serving in the church family, and you do a lot of charity work or you know whatever. Um, But you're not satisfied with God. Everything around us will have a greater influence to us than God. So it's imperative for a Christian to be completely alive on the person of Jesus and nothing else. So we're gonna, we're gonna break that down. Um, I, I, I had the, uh, the privilege of, of taking a team uh, in college to a uh, mission trip to uh, Spain, Madrid, Spain, and we got to share on the streets with people the, the kingdom and really saw lots of people give their lives to Jesus and planted lots of seeds. At the end of the trip, we got to go to this, it was just a very uh, coveted uh, restaurant. Uh, right now, I think Guinness World Records has it as the oldest restaurant in the world ever. And so it's called El Botin, and we got to sit down, and it's literally, you're walking down this, this kind of this hilly road, and it's this, it's like a, a side of a hill, and you walk into the hill, and you're in the restaurant. It's, incredible it's it, it, like the the floor plan you can get lost in there because it's so just random like spirals like sp- spiral hallways it just nothing in there makes sense it's like you know if you if you were to ever uncover like an ant mound that's that was like the nature of the halls in this this restaurant it was just unbelievable um, there was par- parts of the restaurant where you can go down deeper into it and you're just in a cave. I mean, it was, it was just unbelievable. But I remember waiters coming out and they would bring a big platter and they'd set it down in front of us and uh, on the platter was a little piglet. I, I mean, maybe no one's a big uh, bacon ham eater. Uh, I, I appreciate occasionally pork chops, you know? But um, it, was super, it was super cool, something I've never experienced before, but the smell at that moment, just the, the hunger just blew me up. I was just like, oh my goodness. And so, I remember just tearing into that thing, we all, we all had our fill. When we, th- that's, that's the illustration that I'm trying to, to, to tie in today, is we have, to, we have to begin to hunger and thirst for Jesus the same way that we hunger and thirst for food, okay? Um, so, I'm gonna get this going. Uh, just bear with me because um, I've never tried to preach and like, be organized in my thoughts while doing something else. So, <laughs> let, let, me, let me get a run at this, okay? Uh, yeah, okay, uh, let's, uh, Keziah, can you help me with the passages today? That's, I did not ask you. Um, Matthew 5, 6, let's put that on the screen. Okay, um, first off we have, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. That's where we're going today. If you hunger and thirst, isn't that pretty? Okay. <laughs> there was black ones and white ones, I was like, man, this one looks like, you know, the old family picnics. Let's do this one. Um, got a little grill here. Let's see if I can uh, make this happen. I'll face it towards you guys so we can see what's going on. But what do you think of when you uh, think of the word righteousness? You know, just even now, what, what, do you, what are some thoughts that come to your mind? You, you don't have to say them out loud, but just kind of process that. Um, I have some cheese and tomatoes. and Jalapenos, if you're into jalapenos. I am, man, I, I totally am. Okay. You know, some people think of like the, the surfers, uh, dude, surf's up, that was totally righteous, you know. Uh, some people think of that. Um, I, I never understood that phrase when people would say that, but um, teach his own. <laughs> uh, let's see. Some, some, uh, some people think of like charity, doing good works, and you know, uh, that, was, that was a righteous act. All right. Biblically and theologically, we believe that righteousness is when we put our faith into Jesus and he makes us right with God. He literally gives us a position as a son. We're no longer, we're no longer uh, uh, orphans, we're no longer enemies of God, but everything, every, every part of who we were originally created, back Adam and Eve, uh, it was restored, and we become family again. That's um, that's righteousness um, biblically and theologically. There is a there is a, a sense of uh, false righteousness, and um, false righteousness. If I can just uh, quickly define that, uh, false righteousness is when we try to earn favor by our actions, trying to earn favor from God. Um, we can't we can't really earn favor from God outside of the person of Jesus, but. But Jesus was talking to his disciples, and, and I'm gonna illustrate this. Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he, um, he said uh, this verse. Let, let's put that up on screen. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds the, 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 that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of God. <clears throat> See, Jesus is talking to, um, Jesus is talking to his disciples and to some, pe- some of the people around. And you gotta understand the Pharisees of that day were incredibly, um, they were just very, they demonstrated by their actions a lot of times that they were all in as far as their faith. They, you know, they gave to the poor, they you know, did a lot of the right actions. But um, Jesus here is, is trying to draw a chasm. He's trying to say, um, that even their best, even what you see them, it's, it's not enough. And so he's trying, to, he's trying to make the distance between um, us and God greater than, than we can imagine. And again, before we get uh, sad or worried, uh, this is a message of hope. This isn't a message of condemnation and, and guilt and shame. This is a message of hope. Um, but uh, check this out. So he's, he's drawing this chasm. He's drawing this, he's drawing this like it's way harder than we think it is when it comes to our actions, our righteousness. Uh, <clears throat> let's uh, let's let's look at Isaiah sixty four six. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and all our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. <clears throat> I was talking to my wife yesterday about like you know can unsaved people do Truly righteous acts, you know, and that's a that's a legitimate question because um, you see so many uh, celebrities leverage their wealth on like doing something nice uh, for the world. For instance, those who uh, bring uh, food to those who are starving in all parts of the parts of the world. That that is a righteous act. We would we would think. I mean, that's that's awesome. Um, and sometimes some uh, none of you, but some churches. Uh, have people that you'd you'd think, wow, are they even a Christian? The way they treated that waitress, the way that they treated their wife or their their husband, are they even a Christian? Um, but here's the thing: um, uh, the the let's, I'm just going to tell you a, a hypothetical story. Um, oh, it's starting to smoke. Okay, <laughs> Lord Jesus, just breathe. <laughs> okay, we're 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 good. We're I just I make sure that we've got to keep moving. Okay. Imagine like a story of like a, a, a thief, just amazing, he was just amazing at what he did. He could steal anytime he wanted and get away with it perfectly. The thief one day went out, went to a bank, you know, had his crew, went inside, went into the cell, grabbed as much gold as they could, they got away, they got away from, you know, uh, getting caught, and he's living it up big time. I mean, where? Hawaii? I mean, Florida? Uh, Spain? Israel? Where's, wherever your favorite place is. Let's say he's living there, living it up, where you and I come into a place where we're in need, and we, we, we're we saying, hey, listen, uh, we, we go to the man, whatever, just because we hear he's a nice guy, he's, um, and we say, hey, can you, um, can you, can you, ha- can you lend me some money? Because I really, like, I need to get my, you know, let's just say uh, our, our son or our daughter, they're, they need help in the hospital, the, f- the financial bills. I mean, they're very, they're, they're great bills. So can you, can you please lend us some money? And he does. And now, every one of us would think, well, like, well, that was kind of, you know, Robin Hood kind of nice act there, but here's the reality, is when we're, um, his identity is still tied to the thief. Even though he's, even though he's giving, but he, he's giving something that doesn't belong to him. So is that truly a righteousness outside of the act? So this is my point. Um, I'm gonna, whoa, okay, this is getting crazy. Okay. You know what, whatever, let's just let it happen. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you are get, get to be in my brain today. All right, let's throw that on there like that. You hear it? Yeah, okay, good. Just wanna make sure you can hear it. You can hear it. All right, well. We're getting there. His identity was still tied to the thief and just like him, even our identity is the problem. Our identity is the problem. See, um, the moment Adam and Eve stepped out of the relationship with God, they took on the identity of the thief and there's nothing that we can do to change that except for Jesus. Jesus, Pastor Tom had just the perfect illustration. We've heard the comments of just people understanding how grace works and, and how, how it all makes sense. But um, Jesus, Jesus has to be the one who stands in our place. He has to exchange places with us in order for us to be acceptable before God. There's nothing right, there's outside of the person of Jesus, nothing that we can do is righteous enough. Perfect attendance, giving massive offerings, making the best burger and giving it away. Um, it's, ne- it's never going to be good enough. It's not, no one's righteous enough. And so we have to have someone who is righteous enough. And we're gonna look at that. We've been talking a little about what righteousness is. Let's go to, um, let's go to uh, Jeremiah 23, five through six. A little salt, a little bit of pepper, I don't like pepper. Half, half the room, probably. All right, here it is, here it is. Jeremiah 23, five and six. This is, um, this is in the context of the people of Israel. Um, uh, Jeremiah is known as the prophet who cried a lot because he did what Pastor Tom and I do and what a lot of you guys do to the lost. He shared his faith and yet no one ever believed. No one ever uh, felt the calling on God on their life and nobody ever changed their life over to, to become a son or daughter. So imagine how discouraged that is your entire life, you're trying to step into that kingdom reality of God bring your kingdom to earth, but yet no one either believes you or nobody has, has faith, nobody has the, the, the humility to say I need you God. That was the ministry of Jeremiah and he's looking around and not only, not only are the people not converting, but the pastors of this day and age in the Old Testament are completely, just sexual morality of every kind, com- just lawlessness, everywhere they go, drunkenness, parties, just, just everything about, everything about um, what the, the pastors were supposed to shepherd and they, they weren't shepherding. And they were leading uh, Judah, the country of Judah, away into further sin. So that's the context in which Jeremiah is, is writing these things. He says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord is our righteousness? So when Matthew is talking about righteousness, he is talking about right, righteous actions, but he's talking about them specifically out of a out of a relationship with Jesus. Our job. This is my, this is my first point. This, if uh, in two to three weeks, try to do one of these actions. Try to try to show. This how this is how you're going to show God or show each other that you're hungry is we have to come back for food. Think about in the natural, okay? In the natural sense, um, how do we stay hungry? Well, we know that uh, you listen to people who fast often, um, they say uh, the first three days are the worst because after the first three, you know, three days, you're just like your stomach's cramping and all this stuff, but after that, you're not hungry anymore, it's great. So it's not necessarily time that causes us to be more hungry, but what makes us to be more hungry is the fact that we're gonna have lunch today and that's going to make us hungry for dinner tonight and if we have dinner tonight that'll probably make us hungry for breakfast and that's why you know um, you know I'm, I'm i'm hoping to kind of stir up some sort of you know like i wish i was the one who ate that burger i don't know if I'll, i don't know if i'll accomplish that but so in the natural um, how, how do we how do we come back for more and what what do i mean when i say okay we can intellectually like understand okay i got to come back and eat more Okay, it, here uh, Jeremiah is saying that the Lord is our righteousness, is our, as a person. So when let's when we read this passage, let's read it as the person. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for Jesus, for they will be filled. Let's just read it that way. Okay. Uh, so so h- hunger and thirst for Jesus. How can you hunger and thirst for someone that we we um that we're not really fully experiencing? Uh. Is it possible to have a relationship without experiencing that relationship? Is it possible to, to have a relationship with your spouse unless you uh, ever say I do? Is it possible to have a relationship with her if you never go on a date, if you never talk? Is it possible to, to intellectually understand everything about a marriage and understand she's in your life but never experience her? Is that possible? You know for years the church and and it's careful because this it's true um, the theology theology is incredibly valuable the truth sets us free, and when we have good theology it it helps us to find liberty it helps us to find freedom the, 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 the you know some some people will say you can't base theology on experience, and that is completely true you can't. Uh, because then our our beliefs would constantly change. Because how many of you know God loves to do things out of the box, you know. He, but but who He is doesn't change. He loves to He likes to wow us. He loves He loves to be you know wowed by us. Um, but how how in, how in the world can we fully experience God if we're if we aren't? Ex- how how can we have a relationship with Him if we're not experiencing Him? It's it's not enough to sit here every Sunday and to think about God and to take in knowledge from heaven because, you know, God loves to speak to his children. God loves to do amazing things. But it's not enough to just simply take in and become wiser, but faith without, you know, works dead. So I have to take what I'm putting in me and I have to figure out how do I apply it. That has to become something that I hunger for and experiencing experience with God. I have to experience what he's telling me. Oftentimes through Pastor Tom, maybe even through your spouse, God said, man, God just gave me this word for you or, you know, for, for us. So now our job as sons and daughters of the father is how do we take what has been given to us, that's been entrusted to us, and manage it well and experience God through what he's given to us. <clears throat> Psalms 34.8 says this, O oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. When we taste and see that he is good, why is that important? Because it, it allows us to fully give ourselves over to him. If you don't know that he's good, if you think there's that he's not out for your best interest, you won't, you won't step in. That's why a son or a daughter of your own in the natural will say, They'll look at you and say, Dad, is it okay? You know, can, I, can, I, can I jump into the, to the pool? And if you say, no, don't do that, it's going to be too cold, or if it's going to be something you, know, something you don't want, they'll trust you. Because they know that as their father, you want what's best for them. But how, how, if, if, if that child thinks that you're corrupt, that your mind is skewed, or that you're out for your best interest and not ours, the child will be thinking like, oh, he's trying to trick me, and I don't know what to do. So they, we shell up and we clam up and we, we, get, we, get, we get scared. So it's imperative for Christians not, not to just receive because the theology aspect of this is huge. We have to have correct theology. We have to understand who he is and what he says about us and what he says about others. But if we don't believe that he's good, if we're not tasting for ourselves, if all we're doing is just rehearsing like just a, you know, who he is and if we're not tasting for ourselves, Chances are we're going to become discouraged in our walk. We're, be, we're, we're never going to step into that reality of like, wow, he is good. He's awesome. He's kind. We sang about that this morning. God, you're so kind. You're merciful. You know, 10,000 reasons. Your heart is so that way. Are you are we singing it or have you actually experienced it? Because not everyone in this room has. That's just the that's just matter of fact. No, not every single person in this room has tasted and seen but God wants us to taste and see that he's good. Why? So that we can fully give our hearts over to him. So that when he says move, I jump in the water. When he says go and pray for that person, I go and pray for that person. Well what if they don't get healed? What if they don't get healed? What if, you know, they, what if I look like a fool? What if I get persecuted? He, t- he told me to do it. And if he's good, then I, I'm confident that whatever happens to me, I can trust him because I know he's good. So it's important to know that he's good. So that's just one of the things. Uh, One way that you come back to the table and have, I better flip this burger here pretty soon. One of the ways you come back to the table and you start having, uh, eating off the person, hungering after the person of Jesus, is you have to begin to look for ways to experience him. How do we experience him? Take what's been given to you and begin to do. That's how you experience revelation from God. The next thing, uh, very practical, is... um, Realize that we're not only child. Like, I'm not an only child. We're siblings, right? My family, I have an older brother and a younger sister. But if you took each one of us out for dinner and, you know, got to know us, um, you would see that we're three different people. Very, very different people. Uh, Love my family. Love them. Um, And as the time went on, as you spent time with them, each one of us, you would see different aspects of my parents in them, in us, that only can be experienced through my sister, through my brother, through me, but with the revelation of who our father is, who our mom is. And just like that, it's important that you you don't think that you're the best demonstration of the father, because you're not, and neither am I. But I I I am a son, that looks like my father. And so it's important, guys, we're not only, only siblings here, okay? And just very practically speaking, just throwing this out there, if you have a fence with someone, um, let's, let's, let's take care of that, because God's heart's all about restoring, not to crush his other kids. God, how many of you like it when, when your kids will come up to you and try to get you to side against you know, one of the other siblings, or side against even your own spouse? And yet, sometimes we try to do that with God. We say, oh, God, well, I'm right. Well, who cares if you're right? You might be right. Just lay your life down. Just, just surrender. Just say, Jesus, you know what? I might be right, but I know that if I stay here, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt you. It's gonna hurt me. And so that's just, that's a little freebie, whatever. Realize we're not, only, we're, we're not the only child. Check this out in uh, Matthew 25, 40. Look what it says. And the king answered them, Truly, I say to you, as you as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. You and I are brothers and sisters. Anyone who does the will of God advances the kingdom of God to earth and executes the plan is a son or a daughter in the context of a relationship with Jesus. Uh, and so, so this is just 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 another little thing. Uh, make sure that we you understand um, we're 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 family. We're family. And in the American church, I think one, one of the highest cultures against, not against, understanding that concept because we, liked, we like our immediate family, but we, we, don't, we, we have to protect against, against people that might, they, they might be a little off. We gotta protect them. And my challenge to you here is um, we need to become actually the opposite. We need to become vulnerable with the family of God. Um, I don't think the church will ever Ever reach its full potential until we learn that truth, um, because um, because Jesus became vulnerable for us. He left nothing. He left he left nothing uh, in heaven. He in the sense of he 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 didn't keep walls up. He didn't have reservations up. He let it. He put it all out there. And he says, "Man, whatever I gotta do to get my sons and my daughters to become like me, I'll do." And so, so many times as Christians, as brothers and sisters, we're like, you know, we just we 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 keep a record of wrong without even meaning to. We keep it a record of wrong against our brother and the ones that we're called to protect and love and serve are the people that were well, they don't like that? Well I don't have to serve in that ministry then. They don't like the way I do it? That's on them. Who cares? And then the next time you see them, guess what happens? You look at that person with that lens. And and that will destroy us. And so we're not only childs. We're not an only child. We're siblings. Another way, first way, we have to experience God firsthand. You have to taste and see that he's good. You have to taste and see. I have to taste and see that he's good. Next way that we, we show God, I'm coming back to the table for more. I'm hungry for more of you. I'm giving you some handles, okay, is that we, we have to realize. This is not an action thing. This is a mental thing. This is, you've got to realize we're not... Only children, we, one child, we are, we, ha, we are a family together. Okay, that's a mental thing. When you pray, be honest. Th- that's, the, that's the third thing. When you come back to the table and you say, God, I'm hungry for more, one of the key f- uh, fundamental things is honesty. If, um, if we're not honest with where we're at, like right now, some of us would like to think um, and including myself, I'd like to think that I'm, I'm up here. I am, I'm doing as best as I can. I love God, I'm, I'm going after him, I'm hungry for him. Um, but maybe maybe sometimes, this, this is uh, what the, the, in James, I, I didn't put it up here, but in James, the problem of, of simply taking in the God's word is the fact that if, if all we do is ever hear the word of God, and we never do, what, what happens is, is that um, sometime, in, you know, whether it's in a couple weeks later, a month later, we're gonna start saying things like amen or I agree with that, or yeah, so be it, um, because we've been deceived to think that we're actually doing the will of God, but we're not. We're, we, we agree with God's will, but it's not the same as doing the will of God, experiencing God's will on earth. So it's, it's so important that when God is when God's speaking to you, and it, it doesn't, I mean, this is a privilege beyond un, unreal. I mean, how many, how, how many churches are there, persecuted churches, that don't have this privilege? They're underground, there's 10 of them in this small little one room, and um, everyone's just crammed in there. This is a privilege, okay? But, um, but I guess, um, let, me, let, me, let me get back here. Let me get back here. John the Baptist, let me, let, me, let me start by saying, John the Baptist was a man that was called to declare that Jesus was the son of God. Um, he actually heard heaven open and, and the father, he, he heard, heard um, God say, the one who the spirit descends, that's, that's the one, that's the son of God. He heard this, he experienced it. Later on, as time started getting rough, he goes to prison and he's sitting there and he's just pondering like, maybe I missed it. The the man who actually heard heaven open and, and heard the very words, maybe I missed it, and so he he sends a, he sends a, a, a some messengers to Jesus and he says, and the messenger said Jesus John's wondering, uh, are you the person that we're expecting or should we expect someone else? And and Jesus is with people. I mean how how terrible for. Um, how terrible would that have been for Jesus' reputation in that moment? He's around everyone, and the man who is out in the wilderness prophesying crazy, you know, there's one that comes after me, now he's questioning what he was preaching. And Jesus could have instantly felt offense and felt like, oh man, you just really blew it, John. You should have been faithful for a little bit longer. But You know what he says, on the, on the heels of, of being, of. Completely, almost not betrayed, but just like questioned, his character questioned, his, his identity questioned, on, the, on, on those heels he says that John the Baptist was the greater, greatest man to ever live. And that's what happens when we become honest with God. John was just honest. He wasn't, he wasn't mad at Jesus, he wasn't mad. He was simply honest with God. And if you and I can become honest with God, Jesus will every time deal with you in grace. He will always deal with you in grace and, and, and always, he'll always deal with you in truth. And sometimes we don't like those extremes because truth, you know, sounds very hammering and grace seems like, well, everything goes. He came in both. He loves to deal in grace. He loves to deal in truth every single time. And so if you want to feed off of Jesus, if you want to become hungry for him, if you want to sit at his table, just like your own child. When you ask him, hey son, how was your day at school? And he says, fine. How does that make you feel? Terrible, why? Because they're not being honest, or they're being short, or they're being apathetic, or they just don't really care about you, and so I'll give you the first answer that comes to mind. Good. You know? That's what God doesn't want from us. When we sit at his table, he doesn't want us to be like, God, I'm good, I said the prayer 20 years ago. I'm good, let's go, let's go. Sunday's coming, all right, see you then. You know, and and God, God is just not like that. <clears throat> We've already talked about it this morning. Another way you hunger off of God, you make sure that your heart stays hungry, is that you remain thankful. Every single day the Israelites were commanded to go out. They were commanded to gather manna. It it, it literally was their, they they were pondering like, man, should we go back to Egypt? I mean, at least we won't die, so God answers their request, he sends them manna and keeps them alive. Full of life, full of life, full of life, full of life. And a, uh, a wafer that was from heaven, and yet it kept them alive, it was a gift from heaven, and they said, we don't like it, we don't like it. They did for a while. But as time went on, they said, we don't like it. This is, uh, it's getting old. It's getting old. How many of us come to church every day, every Sunday, and we're like, it's getting old. It's just getting old. I'm tired of this, We gotta do something different. When we're not hungry and thirsting after Jesus, everything else around us has greater influence than Jesus does. And we become hungry for things that aren't Jesus. And we think that a program or the carpet color the background, or music, or a different pastor, or this or that, then we would then we would arrive. Then we would ah finally feel spiritual, um, you know, uh, quenching our spiritual hunger. It's not how it is. When we hunger and thirst after Him, Jesus promises that He will fill us, and we will be satisfied. So we have. That's why it's so imperative. We can't it, it, people, things, issues. That it's not the problem. I think one of the greatest things that I'll ever say uh, as, while I have breath in my, air in my lungs is, is to stay hungry after Jesus. If we can just get that inside of us, there's gonna be a good chance, that a very, very good chance that we're gonna start to see them, just see, we're gonna live in a place of joy. We're gonna live in a place of the miraculous. The, the supernatural become natural. Things, your entire lives will just be flipped upside down. Why? Because Jesus says that we will be satisfied. Sometimes we pursue things outside of God because we're not satisfied. And if you're not satisfied, you're not pursuing Jesus because Jesus, it's not a a lack on Jesus' end, it's a lack on our end. We have to make sure the protocol is, the protocol is this. It's my responsibility to come to the table. It's his responsibility to keep me filled. That's it. And so we ha- if, if we can understand that and we can run with that, then we'll be golden. The last thing, quickly, uh, is uh, honesty. Uh, uh, sorry, not honesty, but praise. Uh, praise is the overflow of being thankful. So just like you get done having a meal with your family and you say, hey, thanks for the food. Um, Praise is the overflow. It was really good. It tasted really good. That's the overflow. Is when we were thankful, thank you so much for the food. It tasted great. Praise is always the overflow of being thankful. So we all hunger for something. That's the last thing I'm going to say. The first thing really was, we have to come back for more. The last thing is, we all hunger for something. Excuse me, not we all hunger for something, that he fills us up. I'm gonna have to, I think, jump ahead here quick, but there was a, there was a time, I'm gonna, I can't give you the background of it, but there was a time when God was ministering, Jesus was ministering to a woman at a well. And, um, and uh, he, he, he says to her, John 4, 13, some, uh, you wanna, yep, Jesus said to her, uh, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsting again. Every, every one of us hungers and thirsts for something. We all do, uh, Constantly, you know, some of us, our hunger might be for all things perfect. How many of us in the room likes all things perfect? Um, Good grades, uh, making sure, I mean, just everything goes in order, church attendance, you know, whatever, your job performance, you wanna get, uh, you know, but you like perfection. That's something that we pursue, and that's something that people hunger for. Uh, Pharisees hungered for that a lot. Uh, They also hungered for the laws of God how many of us love to just study the Word of God and be like, wow, I just, I just, your Word is, is so awesome. And we put all of our effort and all of our time into the Word of God, right? The laws of God. And it's all about the knowledge of the Word of God, but it's not about the doing of the Word of God. And if it is, it's in a very judgmental mode. You see that little guy over there? Yeah, this law, he screwed up. What should we do with him? You know, maybe you're, you hunger to be a better dad, better husband, wife, mom. Maybe you hunger to see the supernatural. Evangelize the lost, feed the hungry. And the thing is, all these things are good. In a sense, they're, they're, all, they're all good in, in that study God's word, study the law of God, absolutely. To become perfect, to become holy, to, become, to grow in who we are as people, it's good. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. If if that's your pursuit, you'll always be thirsty. Maybe you don't know Jesus this morning, but he asks us to dump our old life, the way we were thinking. Dump it and and to step into a new relationship with him. That's what he asks of us. So the last thing I'm gonna say is that he fills this up. John 14, John 4:14. 4, excuse me, says this. Jesus was telling that woman, everyone who, thinks of, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, and he was right in saying that, because he was talking about the natural, the things that could quench what we want for a little bit. A new car, you know, and this or that, you know, even like good performance, uh, church attendance. We want. Those things can be, can be quenched for a little bit, but here's the thing. That's what he says. John four fourteen says this. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Matthew five six again says, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied." What I love about this passage is that um, it's, a, it's a promise of God. It's a promise that if we remain hungry, He will satisfy us, He will fill us up. If, um, if we're not, if we're not staying hungry, then there's a good chance um, that, that we weren't, we're not gonna, if, Jesus won't be enough. He's not gonna be enough. So what's our responsibility? Again, it's to come back for more. <laughs> it's to come back for more. It's not to, it's not to, Um. our job is not to, uh, uh, to be filled up, like I, I can't fill myself, I can't, there's nothing that I can do that can fill that up, only, only Jesus can, but my job is I have to position myself in a place that I'm coming back to him. Does that make sense? I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make this very simple, and I think it, I think it is, um, but, um, all right, I got my burger here. Give me a second, I got it upside down, of course, on TV now. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, so I got my burger here. All right, now that I lick my fingers and touch the burger, anybody else want a bite of this? <laughs> I'll cut a piece of it for you if you like one. I have lunch served, I and mean, you guys are like, it's almost 12, let's get out of here, I'm hungry. No, I, I, uh, I just want to say, uh, uh, you know, um, the reality is, I understand some people here might not know Jesus. Um, Jesus is the one who initiates our faith. He's the one who initially causes us to become hungry. He's the one, he... It it was His grace. It was His gift. It was the gift of heaven to make us hungry. It's not like I can sit down and make myself hungry. Jesus makes He 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 made me hungry. Okay, He made me hungry. And 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 so if you if you don't know Jesus, um, and and you've never been hungry for Him, you don't really understand the concept of how do I become hungry for God. Um, I I wanna I just wanna challenge you, encourage you. uh, All you have to do is ask Him. Uh, that's all you have to do. You just have to ask Him, Jesus, can you make me hungry for you? Because I, I, I don't know how to be hungry. I don't know what. And that goes the same thing for people who, who um, you know, they're, that they're, they're having a sense that this isn't, that Jesus isn't enough right now in my life. If Jesus isn't enough right now, all you, the step number one for you, this even right now would be just to say, Jesus, I've been here for a long time. I'm, am you know, I'm a leader, or I'm a, I'm one who serves. I've really been trying. Um, all you have to do is say, Jesus, can you make me hungry again? Just, just make me hungry again, because, because I, I, uh, I, I want to come to the table, but I'm not hungry. You know, uh, I, it's not, it's not about, um, it's not about performance, like modification. Like what I mean by that is, it's not about doing better. It's not, that's not what this is about. It's about pursuing Jesus. Because out of a relationship with Jesus, that's when our performance is acceptable to God. That's when our actions, that's when our love, that's when our relationship is acceptable to God. We're still the thief that's trying to hand out and do good things without ever dealing with our identity outside of Jesus. And, so, um, and if, if, you are, um, if, if you are someone who has... Is what you would consider yourself doing well, and you are hungry, and you're sitting at this table, and you know you're doing some of the things we talked about. Uh, just you're 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 um, honest with him. You're, you're you know it's just easy for you to to include others, to love on others. Uh, maybe you're someone that is legitimately just loves Jesus, and you, you hunger and thirst. You just want to you just want to make him known, and you just want to know him. Um, I just want to encourage you. Um, really ask God to help you taste and see that he's good because the more that we taste and see the more that we say you tell me when to jump I'm in that's why it's so important to taste and see because if we even doubt that he's good if, if there's a just a smidgen of I don't know if you're good chances are when he asks us to do something we'll say next time next time he's a good father he loves us so father I thank you so much that you love us I thank you, God, that your grace is more than enough for us, God. More, it's greater than our performance. It's, it's greater than, because just like last week, the umbrella, Father. Father, you no longer see us, you see Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that we stay there. We stay linked arms with you, God. That we don't think that I have a greater desire to do what's, I, I hunger and thirst to do evangelism. I hunger and thirst to, to become a better husband. I hunger and thirst to do this or that well, that's great, that's awesome, but, but God, I, I, Lord, I want to do it with you. I don't want to do it by myself. I don't want to even try to do it with myself. God, we don't, want to make, we don't want you to become our servant. We want to become your sons and daughters that believe what your word says is true. So tell us to jump, and we'll jump. Show us, God, show us how to, how to taste and see that you're good. Father, if we're not hungry, God, we just ask right now, just humility. We just ask in humility right now, Jesus. Please make us hungry. Make us thirst. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen. Have a great week, guys. Love you guys.